You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. His mercy, his kindness, his love, it goes on forever and ever. And you can always rely on the goodness of God. Whatever season of life you're in, wherever you are right now, we know that God is good. Amen. Amen. Thank you, music team, for leading us in worship. I love getting to come into the house of God together and worship together, and you may be seated. As I was preparing for uh, speaking tonight, I was thinking back on, you know, just my life and all the stories from my childhood. And I'm not sure if every kid has this experience or not, but I remember as kids, we used to repeatedly do the trust fall. Did anybody do that as a kid? Or is that just us weirdos? Okay. Um, So we would always do the trust fall, and for those of you who might not be familiar, it's this exercise that we used to do in schools or like team building activities to try to build trust. So you'd have to have at least two people, uh, one that is falling backwards, trusting that the person behind them will catch them. Sometimes you have more than two people, but you have to have at least two. And I remember as a kid, when I would do the trust fall, I'd always be a little bit hesitant the first few times with someone new trying to see if they would actually catch me or not. And I would try to figure out if, you know, they thought that it would be a funny joke to let me fall. So, you know, you'd fall back and then catch yourself as you're falling to try to break the fall in case they think it's funny for you to fall on the ground. And if you have a brother, you know that suspicious feeling of wondering if he's going to catch you or not. So tonight, I'm going to be talking about trust, and I'm specifically going to be talking about how sweet it is to trust in Jesus. Now, when you trust someone, you have confidence in them. You strongly believe in their ability and their reliability, and when you trust in God, you believe that he has your best interest at heart. You believe that he will take care of you no matter what. You trust that when you go through hardships, he will work on your behalf and that if he doesn't do it in the way you think he should, you still trust that his ways are higher than yours. Now, I'm sure many of you saw an image that floated around on social media a little while ago. It's of a little girl holding a teddy bear and her saying, you know, God, I love it and not wanting to give over her teddy bear And this is a really good example of what it's like to trust God. Oftentimes, we'll really want to hold on to things because we only see what's right in front of us. But God sees the whole picture. And we can trust that if he says something, that we can follow because he wants good things for his children. If you're striving to live a life committed to God, allowing him to lead and guide you, 
seeking his will above all else, then you can trust that he's going to take care of you on that journey. Matthew 6 says, Don't worry about these things, saying, What shall we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, I know sometimes it can be challenging for us to give over our trust because of our life experiences. We live in a fallen world, and so we're surrounded by imperfect humans who fail us, who break our trust time and time again. But trusting in God is not like trusting in your spouse or your parents or your friends. God's not going to fail you, and he's not going to break our trust. Psalm says it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It's so much better to trust in God than in humans because his ways are perfect. He is perfect. And we most certainly are not perfect. We're flawed. And because of that, we often have a flawed view of the world around us. Our human perspective is very different than God's perspectives. And there will be times when something will happen in our life when his ways are maybe not what we would choose for ourselves from our flawed human perspective, but the reality is that in the light of eternity, his ways are always better. And part of trusting in God is believing that that's true. Trusting God fully, having your whole heart believing and trusting in God, is believing that he is God, he knows best, and that the way he chooses to intervene in your life, in your situation, when you call on him, is good. Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The way that God works in the lives of his children is beyond what we can even imagine. And because of that truth, when a child of God puts their trust in him, it is truly a sweet thing. It is sweet to trust in Jesus. Because when you put your trust in God, you can let go of worry, fear, that need for control that can consume your days. By trusting in Jesus, you trade all of that in for peace in your mind, joy in your heart, wellness in your soul. The psalmist explained it like this. He said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Now, this world, the state of it, life decisions that we have to make, circumstances, they can all weigh us down from our day to day. But fully trusting in God is so sweet because you can give that weight over to him. And he is able to bear it. He is the almighty, all-powerful God. And you can give that weight over to him. I have personal experience with what it's like to worry about all the details of life. I know what it's like to fear all of the what-ifs, all of the things that could happen. There was a season in my life when I lived in fear and worry. I couldn't sleep at night. I would worry about what might happen. And when I did fall asleep, I would wake up throughout the night just paralyzed by fear. I always was scared that there was someone in the house. 
And then in the morning when I would leave, I would leave scared. I would be scared of being attacked or killed because all of everything that I was seeing in the news, the state of the world, I was just gripped by this fear. And I know that sour feeling of living in fear and worry. And that's why I can so confidently tell you how really, really sweet it is to live free of that weight. It is freeing to trust in Jesus because he takes those weights. And you might ask, what changed? Where did my fear go? Did the world get better, less dangerous? I'd have to say probably not. I think it got a little bit worse. But what changed was I learned where to put my trust. And there's no reason to fear when the God who rules the universe is ruling your life. When he's the one working on your behalf, there's no reason to fear. That same year that I was living, feeling paralyzed by fear, was the same year that a few months ago, a few months later, I went on a missions trip to El Salvador with Jane was actually there with me. And we went to El Salvador, and it was a quite dangerous place at that time. I don't think it's still overly safe. And there were a lot of things that happened on that trip that tested our faith and our trust in God. And one time that I really remember was we were on the bus on our way to church, and they stop at a corner, and they say, okay, we can't go any further, but as soon as you get out, you need to run up the street to the church building. This is a really dangerous area, and someone was just shot on this corner, so you need to run. And when I look back on that, I was cautious. I was obedient to the instructions of the missionary because they lived there, but I wasn't fearful. And that's a very big difference from laying in my bed paralyzed by fear to being able to function fully in a quite dangerous country. And all of that changed because I learned where to put my trust. Psalms 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Now, I just want to say that this message is not only for those who have never learned where to put your trust. And for those of you, the answer is quite simple. Put your trust in God. And it's not only for those who know where to put their trust, but have never learned to actually do it. It's actually also for our seasoned saints, even our elders, that you may have practiced trusting in God throughout your entire life. You probably have faced many more hardships than I could even imagine. This is still for you because we can trust in God our whole lives. We can learn to trust in him and make that a regular practice of our life. And then something unexpected happens in our life, something we were never thinking could ever happen to us, and it shakes our world. And in that moment, we can, you know, get tripped up in our human perspective, and we can start to worry. We can start to see it plague our mind and start worrying about how it's all going to work out and even have that thought, God, where were you? How did that happen? How did it come to this? And you can have trusted God your entire life and still find that today there's something in your life that maybe you're struggling a little bit more to fully trust God with that. Maybe it's something that you didn't think would happen to you or you weren't prepared for, so you don't know where to go from here. God's wanting us to give 
all of those things to him. If it's something that's plaguing your mind, maybe something that you're thinking about constantly, it could be something that maybe you feel like you need to talk about all the time because you're just trying to figure out an answer. Maybe it's something that keeps you up at night or that makes you feel stressed or worried. Whatever it is, God is wanting you to give it to him. He wants to take that from you so that you can trust in him. And we all are putting our trust somewhere. It might be in ourselves, this world, God, or maybe it's dependent on the situation. So the question is, where are you putting your trust? Some people, they'll put it in money. They think that that will solve their problems, make them happy. Some people will trust in beauty to make them feel accepted or in entertainment or media to give them that place of escape for comfort. It might be in their family or their kids to make them feel fulfilled. We can put our trust in so many wrong places, but our trust should only be found in the one true God. He is the only one that deserves our trust. A few years ago, in youth, we did a small group study uh, based on the book Gods at War by Kyle Eidelman. And it's a really good book if you haven't read it. I highly suggest it. But this book, it breaks down all of these different areas in our life that can steal our admiration and our trust from God. And the challenge that he presents in this book is to ask yourself, if you lost everything, if you lost your money, your nice clothes, your phone, your significant other, your kids, your acceptance to that perfect college, whatever it is that you hold dear to your heart, if you lost it all, would your life become completely derailed or would you continue to trust God with your future? Now, I'm not saying that it won't be hard. You will mourn those things. It will have a great impact on your life. But how will you respond? Because the way that you respond to losing the things that would be closest to your heart is a good indicator of where your trust is. If you would fall apart and not be able to wholeheartedly serve God anymore if you lost those things, then chances are your trust is in those things and not in God. Now, you might ask, why is it so, so important that we trust in God? Other than all the benefits of the peace and assurance that come from trusting in God, why does it matter so much? Well, in Psalms, David lets us know that those who trust in false gods or idols, they're not going to be able to stand in the Lord's holy place. Now, I know when we talk about false gods or idols, people often, you know, it goes right over their head because you're thinking of little statues or something. But a false god is anything that is replacing God that should not be replacing God. So if you're putting your trust in something other than God, then that can become a false god to you, even yourself. If you're putting your trust in yourself, then you can even become a false god. And David tells us that if you trust in these false gods, then you're not going to be able to stand in the Lord's holy place. We won't be able to enter into the, his presence in eternity. This is what it says in Psalms. It says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. This is what Jeremiah says. He's quoting the Lord. He said, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs. 
in the wilderness with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they will never stop producing fruit. So it says, those who trust in the Lord are blessed. Trusting in God will secure you like a tree that has deep roots. When hard circumstances come, when difficult times come, it won't bother you. You won't be swayed in these difficult circumstances. And not only will you stay secure during difficult circumstances, you'll remain healthy. You'll remain alive. It says, never stop producing fruit. You'll still be producing. So in difficult seasons, not only will you be able to sit on a pew and survive, but you will thrive. You will be healthy if you trust in God. What does that look like, producing fruit from your life? Well, people will be able to see the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life. They will see the way that you serve others, serving in the church, helping other people grow, sharing the truth, discipling others. Those who trust in God will be healthy. Well, those who don't, those who rely on themselves or this world, it says they will be like a stunted shrub that have no hope and don't grow. There have been many times in my life when I've gone through hard seasons and I found myself singing the lyrics to the old hymn, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And that's where my title came from today because whether I'm at home or sometimes I'll just be here at the church and I'll just start singing the words to this song because it's both a comfort to my soul but it's also a declaration of where I put my trust. Sometimes when I might forget in myself where my trust is, I'll start to sing this song and I'll remind myself, my trust is in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus is not dependent on our life circumstances. It is not a conditional type of trust. Fully trusting him means trusting him in every season, including the most difficult ones. And I know that our need for self-preservation, it can lead us to wanting to trust in God with the clause that we'll be saved from all pain and suffering. But the reality is that that pain and suffering is just part of our broken world. And the Bible makes it clear that that's going to be part of life. But I can tell you that there is a beauty and a freedom in trusting God despite that, knowing that Whatever may come, he's on your side. There's a freedom when you believe the words that are written in Romans, when it says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, be honest with yourself. Those of you who are familiar with this verse, is this something that you recite to other people when they're having a difficult time? Or is it truly something that you grab hold of that you believe for yourself in the most difficult times? Do you allow hardships to get you down, frustrated, bitter, angry, or silent with God? Or do you trust him with every part of your life, even the hard parts? Do you sincerely trust that he will powerfully 
and beautifully work it all for good, even the parts that you have absolutely no idea how he could ever make something good out of that. Do you believe that he will work it for your good? Now, do you want to know how sweet it is to truly trust in Jesus? Well, when you fully trust him, even death, pain, persecution, these things won't scare you. Now, how is that possible? Well, when you completely, fully, wholeheartedly trust in God, you also trust that whatever his plan is, it is the best plan. Even if your human mind has a difficult time wrapping around that idea, when you trust God, you trust that his plan is the best. Just think about the type of trust that the disciples in the Bible had. Jesus had instructed them to go preach the gospel to the whole world, and they listened, but they weren't very well received most of the time. They faced great persecution throughout their entire ministry, which led to a lot of gruesome deaths. But that didn't affect their trust in God. In Acts 5, we see an example of the result of them sharing the gospel. It says, They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. So think about it. Jesus tells them, go preach the message. They listen, and as a result, they face a great deal of persecution. So naturally, what do they do? Get angry at God? Choose to never trust him again, not listen to him? Say, wow, God, that's what we get for listening to you? Nope. They leave and they go back and do the exact same thing. They go and preach the message that God had told them to. But why? Why continue to do something that they've already seen is going to bring them persecution? Why suffer for this? Because they trusted that if this is what God said to do, then this was what was best for their life. They trusted that God's instruction was the best instruction. God's plan was the best plan. It was the best for the kingdom of God. They trusted that God's way was the best way regardless of their own circumstances. And this is what Paul had to say about it in his letter in 2 Corinthians. He said, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from moral danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And that right there is the key ingredient to trusting God. Trusting in God requires you to stop relying on yourself and instead choose to rely on him. Trusting God requires surrender. It's an action. You have to act and actually give it over to him. You have to stop relying on yourself. It's not only believing that he can do what's best for you, but it's surrendering your own agenda, your own plans, and allowing him to do so. I'm going to get the music to come back. When I was... Uh, living in China, I used to have people comment all the time. 
and they would say, oh, how brave you are for going and living there alone. And I would just think, mm, no, I'm actually not brave at all. I just really trust God, and I feel confident that he'll take care of me like he always does. And it was really just as simple as that. I wasn't worried. I wasn't afraid just because I trusted him. And throughout my time there, there were a lot of moments that required me to trust in God. And I can't share them all, but there's one moment that I really want to share. I shared it with our youth recently, uh, but I felt like it was appropriate for tonight. Uh, this happened uh, when I was in Beijing. It was after one of the first church services, that three months before I was able to find an in-person church when I got there. Because the churches there, they don't promote their location. So it was difficult to find a spot. And my first service, I cried the entire service because I was just so thankful to be able to join together with other believers. And the entire service was in Mandarin, so I didn't really understand much. But I really felt the presence of God. It was so strong in that place. And at the end of the service, the leader got up, and he was talking to the congregation, and he was showing them a devotional that they were going to do as a whole congregation. And at that moment, I was feeling really down. I was feeling really sad because I wasn't able to do the devotional with them because the entire thing was in Mandarin, and I didn't understand Mandarin. So I was feeling a little bit lonely. As I traveled back, it took about two hours for me to get home from the service. So I was traveling back on my way home, and I was feeling extra lonely. I was feeling like I was all alone in this big city with no one to talk to, no one to connect with. And as I was sitting on the subway, I was just praying. I said, God, please help me not to feel alone. And I just left it there. I didn't know what his answer was going to be. I didn't know how he was going to respond to that. But I trusted him. I just trusted that he would hear me and come through. So I get home and I get to my apartment. And outside the door, I see a package. So I bring the package inside. I open it up. And inside is a gift from Sister Melody Bartel. And it was an English copy of the devotional. And it's called Streams in the Desert. The crazy thing is that in China, normally for mail to get from North America to China, it takes about a month to three months to arrive at your door because of customs and how thoroughly they go through everything. And so the crazy thing is that at least a month before I even prayed the prayer, God was already orchestrating the answer to my prayer. And he was already making sure that it would land at my doorstep precisely on the day that I would need it most. And see, that's why I trust him. I trust that just as he's taken care of me, me before, he's going to continue to take care of me, not only in the big things, but also in the little things that are dear to my heart. We see throughout the Bible times when people are invited to trust God, and some of them do and some of them don't, and their response is a clear indication of their relationship with him. To Adam, God said, trust me, don't go near that tree. To Noah, he said, trust me, build an ark. To Abraham, he said, trust me, you'll have a son even though you're old. To Joseph, he said, trust me, even though you're a slave. 
To Peter, he said, trust me, even though I'm hanging on a cross. To Paul, he said, trust me, even though it will cost you your earthly life. Each person, they experienced a crisis in their lifetime that required them to decide whether they were gonna trust in themselves or if they were gonna trust in God. And when they trusted in themselves, it never turned out well. But when they trusted in God, it's a different story. Let's all stand tonight. You know, it truly, truly is sweet to trust in Jesus. And God is not just wanting you to trust him, give control to him so that he can control your life like a puppeteer. No, he cares so, so much for you. He loves you so much that he wants you to trust him so that he can see you have the best life possible. He wants you to live your best life. And if you're a parent here, if you've had a child that's dealt with anxiety or stress or addiction or some type of life circumstance that has stolen their peace or their joy or their rest, and you've been in that situation and you've just thought, oh, I just wish I could take that from them. I wish I could help make the decision for them so they don't have to go through that. I wish I could, you know, take that turmoil from their life. Then you'd have just a small glimpse of how our Heavenly Father feels for us. He wants us to surrender our control, our trust to Him, because He has better things for us. He has better ways for us. He wants to see us free from a life of bondage. He wants us to live a life that is pointed toward eternity with Him, the best life. He has the best plans for us. Jeremiah says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And tonight, I'm going to open the altar with the invitation from the Lord to surrender your life, as it says in his word. Surrender your life situations, the things that are weighing on your mind, weighing in your heart, the things that you just don't know what to do with anymore. He wants you to surrender those to him. Put your complete trust in him. It's an invitation to experience how sweet it is. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.